0: This seems like we're a mess today. It's okay. We are. Um, but God is so sovereign, and I just, I i wrote a sermon, and I got my points. Don't worry, Debbie, I'll stick to my points, but I don't really care about my notes as much as just in thinking of God's sovereignty. If you've been with us for any time, you know that we have been <coughs> having some different men in the church go through a preaching cohort. And so the past two weeks, that's who's preached. Last week, Joey preached. The week before, Justin preached. And coming up in two weeks, we'll have Don Clark. And then at the end of July, Gabe sitting here in the front row. He's going to tear it up. But I want you to think of God's sovereignty in the week that we've had. I would not want to put one of those men to have to come up this week and preach after the passing of a dear brother. And yet God is sovereign and in control. And if you noticed that we were losing it, if any of you who were not at the memorial service yesterday as we sung Build Your Life, it's another example of God's sovereignty. If you weren't there, you didn't hear the story, but in March of 2019, John McLaughlin was standing next to Chris Wolfe, who passed away this past Tuesday morning. And he was standing next to him during worship. And we would call it an accident, but it's not an accident. It's God's sovereign hand, causes John's phone to record in his pocket perfectly and pick up Chris in that deep voice singing, Build Your Life. That's God's sovereignty. It's a good gift from God that we could be able to enjoy hearing our brothers sing. And he's experiencing... Right, the song, I only know the words, I'm horrible at singing, I won't even attempt it, you guys will all leave, but like it opened my eyes, his eyes are fully open, and seeing the glory of God, and to what we have no clue to even fathom, because God is good, and he is sovereign, and I have not preached since May, and so I've been looking at this text for a month, and I thought, I don't going to go. I'm gonna hit on church planting, like Paul. He he gives up Timothy. He sends Timothy on to this church, and that that just started, and he got ran out of town before he could really establish it. And it just shows like this desire to give up someone to for the betterment of another group of people in another city to plant the church, like that. That's man. That that's gonna hit home so well. That's where my mind. Was a month ago. I was like, "That's just going to speak to who we are and what we need to do because we want to plant more churches where there are no gospel center churches, right? Church. That's that's who we are." And, and then as I, I was like, "All right, that's what I'm gonna do." And and so we have these commentaries that we, the whole staff has bought, so that we have them as we plan our preaching. And I, Monday morning, i was still. That was where my mind was. Well, then Tuesday happened, and I start reading through the points, and I never, I, I never take these text and then go to that commentary and be like, oh, I'm just going to pick their points up because interesting enough, they have a main idea, so a big idea, and they'll lay out points, just bam, 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 right through the text. I never use those. I I don't want to do that, but this week as I read through them after Tuesday, I was like, oh, God, you're sovereign. You've got this. So I'm gonna lay out the big idea and the four points they gave me from the text. So I just wanna be clear. That it comes straight from uh, Christ-centered exposition. I, these are not my thoughts, but I will expound, expound on them with my own thoughts. But the big idea is this, is God's people must fervently love one another. We must fervently love one another. Okay, and you're gonna see four points today. We're gonna look at how we, because of that love, we walk together, we sacrifice together, we suffer together, and we pray together. If those don't speak to where we're at right now as a church, I don't know what else could. And so, again, my notes, I don't know how much I'm going to hit on them, but I thought about it. Like, I, I listened to Matt Chandler preach a lot. Um, he's a pastor down in uh, Texas, and he told his church probably like two months ago in a sermon I listened to. He's like, I give you an off-ramp every, every week, like, to get out of this. Like, to just say, I I can't be part of this anymore. And so today, I'm really, that's what I thought last night in the shower. It took me a while in the shower. I had to shave my head. If you saw me yesterday, it's like the most hair you've probably seen me with in months. And um, so I'm in the shower, and I'm thinking, and it felt like Jeff Nail. That's where he does all his thinking, is in the shower. He always says that every story. He's like, in the shower. And so, (laughs) I'm all over the place today. But I was thinking, like, I, I want... Our church to understand like this is what we do. We walk together. We sacrifice together. We suffer together. We pray together. And if you're not on board for that, I want to give you an off ramp today. I really do. I, I I say that with like grace and love, not with a harshness at all. I want to give you an off ramp because it's like walking up to that roller coaster. And you're like, hey, I want to ride it. And you've, you've probably all seen people, you get up to the line and then like your your turn to get on and they like just step past the roller coaster and go to the exit side. They're like, no, I can't do that. I'm too afraid. I'm, I'm, I'm scared to do that. So that's, that's it today. It's like what we're going to go through, if, if you're like, man, I can't do this, maybe, I don't know. But here's the deal God desires so much more for his church than to just gather at a building or wherever, sing some songs, listen to a sermon, and then give some money and go home. That is not what he intended for us to do at all. He wanted his church to be a force for good, to spread his gospel to the whole world, to the ends of the earth, to the glory of his name. Not to anyone else's name, not to our church's name, but to the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And so we fervently love one another. And how we do this, the first thing is that we walk together. So Paul, he's, he's in this situation where if you remember back to Acts 17, he started this church in Thessalonica. He, he shows up to Thessalonica and he starts to preach the gospel and people just throw a fit. Imagine that, right? The gospel's offending people. And so they throw a fit. They run him out of town. He needs to get out of there. The people come and they find his friend, Jason. They drag Jason out of his house and they charge Jason with, he's part of these men who are turning the world upside down. So Paul, he leaves. He's now, as he's writing this, he's in, he's in Athens. He's In Athens, and he was desiring to be with them. He wanted to walk with them because he knew that the same persecution he was facing was coming. He knew that they were going to face the same persecution that he was going to face, and he wanted to be there so that young church would not be swayed into some false belief or just doubt or just to fall apart and to crumble because it was too hard. So why would Paul care? He had done his job. He had done his job, He did everything he was supposed to do. He went and he started a church. But here's the deal. People were not just a stepping stone. They weren't just the people who were paying the bills. They were everything. They were God's people that he was called to shepherd and to care for. Uh, This week, as I sat in Carrie's kitchen with Jeff, and Carrie said to me, she, she goes, have you done this for everyone who's lost somebody have you been there like planning and helping and it's like not quite in this capacity no and so as i read like paul's concern this great desire to see them and to be there for them and wanting that that's that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to walk with one another you don't just pastors just show up and like i'll do the funeral let me know when you need me to show up. Can you tell me some stories about this person who passed away so I can be there? No, you walk with one another. I don't know that I fully understood that until COVID. Really, I, I, I'm thinking back through like my Christian life and, and ministry and, and see, I mean, I was raised in the church. I went to church, got saved when I was a kid and, and then go into ministry End up at a church as a good church, but yet, like, I could never be real and be myself and really walk with one another because I was afraid, like, man, if they really knew who I was, I don't know if they would view me right. And I couldn't do that. And then we, I planted Collinsville Community Church, as many of you know, and still, like, there, I, if I'm honest, there was like a facade I had to put up to be like, I can only walk so close with these people because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, if they know who I am. But then we merged in the midst of COVID in the craziest time you could emerge churches. And yeah, if you haven't figured it out yet, I am who I am. And then you either like me or you just don't. <laughs> but we walk together, right? Like we walk together. And that's what Paul is saying. He's like, I-, I long to be with you. I want to be with you. He-, he had this great joy to be with people. And so when you walk with them and you really know them, you want to do anything you can for them. Like, and it's not because you love them, it's because you love Jesus. It's because you love Jesus so much, you're like, I-, I gotta care for his people. I gotta be there for them. I can't imagine them doing this on their own. That's what Paul was saying, and that's what we have lived out this past week. Not just in the passing of a dear brother, but in the, in the wedding of a dear brother and sister. To, who'd waited so long to get married, and then we're there to celebrate with them and then encourage them. And guess what? We're not done walking with them because they're married. We'll continue to walk with them through their marriage. We're not just done because the memorial service is done. We're it goes on. We walk with them. It's the way God has called us to be to have this longing. as Paul writes, he could bear it no longer. He wanted to be with them so much. And when we do this, we're showing God's covenant love. When we do this as a church, we're showing God's covenant love because in a covenant, there's a giving and there's a taking. There's a giving from this person, a taking from this person, a giving here. It's together, and so we are getting to play out God's covenant love as we walk together as a church. We walk through this, everything that we do, we walk together, and when we do that, we sacrifice together there's no other way to do it. If you're walking with one another, you'll have to sacrifice with one another. We sacrifice together. Paul literally could not stand the idea. Can we get we sacrifice together on there? Thank you. Um, he couldn't stand it anymore. The idea of Thessalonica being without a shepherd. He, he writes it there. He goes, we could bear it no longer. It was eating him alive. It was eating him alive, and I want you to understand the, the extent of this sacrifice that Paul makes to send Timothy. He's in Athens doing ministry. So if you don't know like, what Athens would be, imagine doing ministry in Boston. That's how I would explain it to you. See, Boston has some of the top universities in all the world. It has MIT, Harvard, Boston University, and a multitude of other higher learning institutions. So imagine going to Boston so you get the smartest minds in the world and you're trying to minister to these people but in Athens there was 30,000 plus gods. And he says, hey Timothy, I'm gonna do this alone. I'm sending you back to Thessalonica to check on them to see how they're doing. That's sacrifice. Like I couldn't, I can't imagine. I did ministry alone for four years in Collinsville. I mean, I had church members, but I was was the only full-time staff. I know what it's like to do ministry alone, to sit in your office with ideas bouncing around in your head and no one to bounce them off of, trying to figure out how to minister to certain people because you don't have the answer for everything and you have no one else to turn to. And Paul said, hey, I love these people so much. Timothy, you go. And now think about who Timothy was to him, okay? He writes later on about when he's writing to Timothy that Timothy was his, my true child in the faith. See, Timothy, he was raised by his mother and grandmother and his dad was around, but his dad was a Greek and he was not a believer. So Timothy's Timothy's dad was not a Christian. He did not put his faith in Jesus and Paul had like adopted him in. He says, you're my true child in the faith. He sends his son off. He sends his son off to go to another place where he knows persecution is abounding. He says, go and care for them. I'm gonna, I don't care. I'll do this alone. There's sacrifice as we do this together, church. If you're not willing to sacrifice for one another, your time and your efforts, your emotions, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. You're going to be like, I don't get what's going on on a Sunday. Why can't these people get it together to sing through a song and remember why, like, that they need to go up here and read scripture, and this guy is rambling up here preaching now. (laughs) You won't get it because you're not sacrificing anything. You're not there. It takes your time. It takes your effort to do this together. And so here's the missional community plug for the week. If you're not in a missional community, you have no clue what we're talking about. You just don't. You're like, well, why would they do this stuff for each other? Why are they walking so close together? Why are they willing to sacrifice their time and their money and they give to each other? Like it's just, it doesn't make sense to anyone else. But it's what we do. We sacrifice. I mean, and Chris, man, you talk about sacrifice. That dude was out there every single week with me at that food giveaway every week. That's what it looks like to walk together and to sacrifice together. He was there not because he cared about anything other than Jesus. He knew that God had called us to care for those who were in need and to be there for him, and he's sacrificing his time, just as many of you did. And what's what we do? We sacrifice together, though. Because why? Because when I'm giving of my time and when I'm giving of my emotions, and so are you, and so are you, and so are you, it's like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. Everyone else is in it with me. We're not doing it alone. Church, we cannot do this alone. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, but we were not meant to do this life alone. All right? Like, this is together. We do this together, and my fear is sometimes we've gotten really comfortable, and we don't want to give up that comfortableness. We'll give a little, but we won't tithe, because that's sacrifice. We will... Serve every once in a while, but don't plug me back in on a team. I got really used to not serving on a rotation during COVID, so don't, I don't know if I can sacrifice my time. You used to go to missional community, but now you're like, eh, I don't know, I don't know if I really want to get plugged back into that routine because I found something new on that night of the week, and I don't know if I want to sacrifice that, and then there's, a, there's people that are needy, and they're going to need my attention and my emotions, and I can't put myself through it. I don't know what to do. You can't live your life comfortable and think that you're gonna serve God. It just won't work. It doesn't compute, and Paul knew that. He's like, hey, these people need Timothy. They need a shepherd, and so I'm gonna send him to go. I'm gonna send him to go. So what happens then is we're walking together and we're sacrificing together, and naturally, we're we're gonna suffer together. We will suffer together. There's no other way to live this life except for suffering together. And you think, well, why would I wanna do that? Well, you don't want to, but we're told in the Bible, in James, consider it pure joy, my brothers, as you face trials of many kinds. You're going to suffer together. I don't want to suffer alone. It makes no sense to do that. And Paul, he knew that he did not want those people to suffer alone because if Satan could come in, and he could take that little new church and he could steal their joy and he could distort their teachings and he could do some different things as they were suffering, then what he would do is if he couldn't make that church inoperative, he was at least going to make it ineffective. So hear me. Here's what's going to happen because we're doing well as a church. I don't say it to our praise or to our glory, but to God's glory, is Satan is going to keep trying to attack. He's going to keep trying to wedge himself in well, this, this is horrible, you, you had this happen. And, and look at this, this person said this. And so he's gonna keep trying to wedge us in here and create suffering for us so that he can either shut Heights community down or just render us ineffective like many other churches across North America. And so we can either decide, like, we're gonna to walk together, we're gonna to sacrifice together, and guess what, we're gonna to suffer together because we're not gonna become ineffective. We're going to keep charging the gates of hell together. That's what Paul knew. That's why he was sending him there. And he gets this encouraging report from Timothy that, hey, they're doing good. They're they're making it in all the distress and affliction. They're there, and he's comforted by this. He's comforted by it. He knows, like, man, they're, they're doing this. They're doing this together. I wanna ask you, have you suffered with other believers? Have you put yourself out there to genuinely suffer with one another, to be able to feel their pain to really, to just have that emotional, just let, let it be. It's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel everything they're feeling. I'm going to have empathy. That's hard to do. Like, you can have compassion. on someone, like, man, I feel bad for them. But when you have empathy, you, you're digging in. You're, like, really feeling all that they're taking on. Have you done that? Or are you just like, oh, nope, I'm going to show up on Sunday, and I'm going to take, and I'm going to be fed. I'm going to sing the songs, and I'm, hopefully everything's good. They got the coffee made, and I'm going to bounce. After that, I'm gonna bounce because I don't want to suffer with anyone. We have to be willing to suffer. We have to be willing to suffer in this give and take, like you see with Paul and the Thessalonians, he was willing to do anything for them because he cared about them and he loved them. So when we do all these things then together, it just becomes natural that we pray together. We pray together. Why wouldn't we? We'd be insane not to. We would be absolutely insane to say, well, we're going to walk together, and we're going to sacrifice together, and we're going to suffer together, but we don't really need to pray together. That would be crazy. And you see, as Paul, he writes there um, towards the end in verse Nine, he says, for what Thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God. As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. He was praying with other people because he's saying we, we may see you face to face as we pray most earnestly night and day. This is together they're praying for the Thessalonians. They're in this together to pray We've prayed so much. Some of you have prayed so much this week with other people. Gathered together in your missional communities, maybe at someone's house, praying for, the, for our body to feel God's presence, to be comforted. You've been praying for weeks about a lot of different things. And what, what can happen is so often is when things settle down, we stop praying, right? Let's just, let's just play out what the next few weeks could look like. We... Um, People are going to go back to their normal routines. So everyone's back to how life was before this past week. Um, In a few weeks, we're going to have a meeting with an investor about a building. Let's just say by God's grace, he's like, yeah, you guys can buy that building. You don't, sure, cool. So we move into the building. Everything's going great. We could just forget to pray. We'd be like, yeah, we got this, right? Like, we got this. Everything seems back to normal. We don't need to go to the Lord in prayer. Everything's good. But Paul, night and day, is earnestly praying that he may see them face to face, but I think the more important thing is to supply what is lacking in your faith. Guys, if we're not praying together that God will supply what is lacking in our faith, we will fall flat on our faces. We will not be ready for what is next if we're not praying that God will build us up. This has to hit us hard today because we've been doing this so well. But there's some of us that we're tired. Some of us are afraid to dig in that deep. I'm encouraging you today as you sit here, like, no matter if you've been a Christian for a week or for 50 plus years, dig in together. As we look at this text and we look at the past few weeks of our church's life, we dig in together so that we can truly be a force for the kingdom of God. That's what we're here for. It's, the, it's what we should be doing. I mean, consider the impact that we would make if we were doing all these things how we're called to do them. It'd be unbelievable. And We're doing a good job, but I just want to encourage us to keep it up. And see, some of us are quick to say, well, I don't have to be part of a church. Maybe not some of us here, but you, you know people. You know people say, well, I don't have to be part of a church to be a Christian, I don't need to go. Here's the thing, to be in Jesus Christ to be, is to be part of his church. A genuine love for Jesus produces a genuine love for his people. And so we walk together in doing this. We, we must. And so as I wrap this up, I want you to know that God is using us. I've been blown away by your love for one another this past few weeks. It has been amazing. I don't have any doubt in my mind that it's gonna continue forward just like this, but maybe better, maybe better. Maybe we're united even stronger to charge the gates of hell, to make an impact in our community, to plant more churches, to send people overseas to those who've never heard the name of Jesus before. But I wanna ask you, are you in or are you out? If you're out, it's okay. There's other churches that will ask less of you. And I will help you find them. It's called Google. <laughs> I will find those churches for you. I know the churches in the area. I will help you. But if you're in, let's be all in. Let's do this together. Let's fervently love one another. Because when we do that, all those other things are going to fall into place. So we're going we're gonna to do communion and I just want you, if you didn't get a communion cup, they're up here on the, on the side tables. You can grab one. But as we do communion this week, I just want you to really just sit in the way to, of what it really is. We're celebrating the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It is all that we have. Without it, we have no hope. Without it, we are wasting our time. We get to celebrate what our brother Chris is living out right now for all of eternity in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus, he is seeing it. And we get to celebrate it and just to get a, just a small taste with those styrofoam wafers. <laughs> but man, he's tasting everything in a feast with the Lord. So let's, this is what Paul writes real quick. I'm going to read this to you. This is but Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, "'For I received from the Lord, what I also deliver to you, "'that the Lord Jesus on the night "'when he was betrayed took bread. "'And when he had given thanks, he broke it, "'and he said, this is my body, which is for you. "'Do this in remembrance of me. "'In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, "'saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. "'Do this as often as you drink, drink it in remembrance of me. "'For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, "'you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.'" God, let's pray that he comes quickly as we further the gospel. Let's pray. God, you are good. You've proven that time and time again this week. With so many different good gifts from you. You've blessed us with community. You have blessed us with your comfort and your spirit so that we may be able to endure such things as is what this past few weeks has held. God, I pray that as we go forward, God, that we are just doing it together. We walk together, we sacrifice, we suffer, we pray together. None of that is optional to us. But Lord, we do it in your strength. If we try to do it on our own, God, we will fail, and we will fail miserably. So Lord, help us. Help us to love one another as you've called us to love one another. And as we do that, God, I pray that a lost and dying world will see that. So Lord, we love you. We ask that you just guide us in our every step. And we just praise your name. In Jesus' name.